welcome to the AD's office with Alex Larson and Devin Puckus. What's up, sports fans? Welcome to the AD's office. I'm Alex Larson alongside Devin Plekis. We're going to take you through our takes on the NFL. Guys, welcome to the AD's office. Uh, this is our first, it's our inaugural episode. Pretty cool. That's fun, right? Yeah. Taking on all things football all season long. Let's take a look at news in the NFL from the first week of the 2023 season. Starting off, Devin, with your Detroit Lions visiting the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. Yeah, I claim them. You know, I got a pillow pet for them. Got a few jerseys. That's fine. Um, yeah, let's talk about them. Um, you want to dive right into the elephant in the room? Let's do it. Um, his Absolutely. name's Kadarius Tony. He's trash. Yeah, I don't know what that contract was, but um, they overpaid. And frankly, I mean, Mahomes couldn't catch a break, and his receivers couldn't catch a pass. But you're going to be astounded by this. Are you ready for this? This is a stat that maybe you already saw it this weekend. It hit me. It is a factual stat, and it's going to sound biased coming from me, but it's something that you can't make up. How many drops do you think the Chiefs had in that game that are accredited drops? Eleven. Three. No. The other however many were marked as uncatchable or not supposed to be caught passes. The ones that were legitimately on the numbers, three. I want to know who decides what's a catchable pass. Detroit had two. So how much did Detroit really technically gain from all those drops? That is ridiculous. And not to be too homery bias on it, but um, how much did the Chiefs gain by cheating on 60 plays with Juwan Taylor's lining well, up? I saw some analyst break down why he thinks the Lions never pointed it out to the refs because he absolutely was false starting every single play. For sure. The way he did it was an immediate tell when he went into pass protection because he would kick his right leg out. And so Hutchinson was totally keying off of it. And if that back leg moved early, Hutch just put his ears back and flew. I did see, I saw a lot of people commenting on that and saying, you know, oh, like he's giving away if it's a run play or a pass play, you know, all these different things. Um, But I think even knowing the difference between that, it's like, okay, yeah, I now mentally have this idea of it but he physically still has a head start on me every single play by, you know, two, three steps. So David Bakhtiari weighed in on this too, and J.J. Watt. And Watt said, yeah, he's cheating, but every offensive lineman that's good does the same thing, so who cares? You know, if I was an offensive lineman, I'd do it. Absolutely. But then Bakhtiari cheers in, and he goes, uh, oh, essentially... He was false starting sometimes, but not as bad as people made him out to be. He was lining up wrong every single play. Um, I think he was false starting more than that, but, you know, taken with a grain of salt for my bias. But the lining up is, like, provable. Like, we can see that, and that happened on literally every single play. Like, that's not a defensible thing. No, he lined up a half step back. And Bakhtiari chipped in and says he did that. Like, that's something that he should have been called on literally every single time. So with that, it's still like, okay, Detroit got majorly served there. But all in all, I think, essentially, Detroit proved that they're a really, really good football team. The Chiefs are still quite possibly the best team in the NFL. Probably not. You know, they definitely fell from grace Mm -hmm. a little bit, it looks like. But I still don't even know if I'd say the Lions are a better team than the Chiefs, even though they just won an arrowhead. Yeah, I mean, obviously a win's a win. 
I think we learned more about the Lions than we did the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs had a bad night, and I agree. I think the Chiefs are the better team, but I think that gap is a lot smaller than people thought. I was straight up impressed with the effort the Lions showed because they just physically outplayed the Chiefs all over the field. Oh, yeah. I think you're, I think you're totally spot on. I mean... I think both the Lions and Lions are going to be absolute monsters this year. It looks like um, for the first time in three seasons, they've got all of their starters on the O-line healthy. Last year, they were starting two backups, and they were still debatably the best offensive line in the NFL. So I, if they're not averaging well over 100 yards rushing per game, then I think that's going to be kind of a failure. I think their defensive line is going to be significantly better than last year. Granted, they were playing against a run run offense that's not that great. Pacheco's obviously a stud, but they've got pretty much no one behind him, and we don't do work horsebacks anymore. No one does. Um, no, it's not actually a feasible option. Yeah, unless you're Derrick Henry, it doesn't work. Dude is built different. I was one of those fans that was very much like the hype is getting pretty much out of hand. Like, I think the Lions finished last season. They could have won against any single team that were in the playoffs last year. But then obviously rosters change and like that doesn't necessarily carry over. So I don't even though I think the Lions legitimately finished as a top five team in 2022, that doesn't mean they walk into 2023 as a top five team. No, not Um, automatically, especially when like the Chiefs automatically are a top five team year after year because Mahomes is that good. He's going to be the greatest player in NFL history. He's easily on his way. Short of like a catastrophic injury. If he plays 10 years at this pace he will have every record. Even if he retired today or broke every bone on his body and could never play again, whatever, he'd still make it in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. With five seasons. Yeah, he's a top 10 all-time quarterback already. Oh, for sure. So I don't think Detroit automatically got a bid back into the top five. I think that you can easily make a case for them to be not in the top five right now necessarily, but, you know, number six. No, I mean, Detroit earned that one straight up and I was impressed. Um, and it was in Arrowhead. You know, they had a lot of things still going for them. So with that being said, I probably have Detroit as like my six or seven team in the NFL right now. Um, without looking at an actual list, that's that's about where I'd have them. Yeah, I think that's about where I put them too. And they're definitely trending the right direction. Oh, for sure. Uh, if they don't win the North, then I'll both be shocked and very disappointed. Unless there are catastrophic injuries, obviously, you know, golf goes down or something and they only win four, five, six, seven games, then that's extremely understandable. Yeah. Jumping over to the Panthers-Falcons. Well, the Panthers looked about exactly how I expected them to look with a rookie quarterback. They looked like they didn't know what they were doing yet. Yeah, and they, so Bryce Young obviously gets plugged in, right? Number one overall pick. He wasn't quite the consensus number one, but if he was two inches taller, he would have been. People think that he was just going to automatically make them a lot better. And I'm not going to lie, I am kind of high on them this year. They're my sleeper pick for the the NFC uh, South. But also, they lost Deontay Foreman, who was a pretty good running back for them last year. Obviously, before that, they lost Christian McCaffrey. So That's a huge loss. They they lost more pieces. You know, it wasn't just a, oh, we're one quarterback away. You know, they traded up to the number one pick for a reason. Yeah, they're trying to full rebuild. And, I mean, they, they brought in some good pieces around him, but it's still not a, it's not a top 10 talent roster. No, and they are in a very weak division, so I'm, that's part of why I think they've still got the, they got the pieces. They could do, they could make some moves. They could, yeah. 
they could be uh, making some noise at the end of the season. They did last year. They were one of the four or five hottest teams in the NFL to finish the season. So we'll see how they play out. Obviously, it's almost exclusively on Bryce. If he lives up to that number one overall pick potential, Panthers can make some noise. So if we're going to be talking about the Panthers, we should really be exploring uh, a little bit of their trade partners that I alluded to a minute or two ago. Uh, Let's talk Bears-Packers. Oh, man. Bears-Packers was also kind of a mess. For one of them. For one of them. I think people anticipated the Bears, well, Justin Fields specifically, making that kind of Lamar Jackson-esque third-year jump where obviously Lamar went from really good running quarterback, decent passer to MVP. And people in Chicago expected Justin Fields to do that, and that's just not what happened. The key words there in Chicago. I don't think anyone who thought more than 10 seconds about it thought that they were going to do anything significant. That's just a reality of the NFL. You know, the fact of the matter is, is that everyone in the league knows that they've got a player at quarterback who's a phenomenal rusher, but does not yet know how to pass the ball. I'm not saying he's a bust or anything. You know, he could easily figure that I'm not going to easily as a stretch. I mean, he, he's a phenomenal athlete. He's a great athlete. And tough as nails. Oh, for sure. And if he figures out how to pass the ball, sure, their rebuild is significantly faster. Oh, yeah. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that they're still in a rebuild. They added a linebacker that's primarily played special teams, and they thought that their defense was going to become this new elite unit. Just to be clear, I'm not talking Edmonds. I'm talking Edwards. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> No, there there is absolutely no shades of the 85 Bears going on. They they're just not very good. The Packers surprised me a little bit with not necessarily what they were able to do against the Bears, but the efficiency that Jordan Love played with was much better than I expected. He did look significantly better than I expected, which is obviously traumatizing for both you and I. Yeah, um, I don't I don't love that. I was hoping for the first time in my life the Packers would not have a good quarterback. Maybe it'll be a Matt Flynn situation. Maybe. The silver lining for Packers fans is obviously that Jordan Love played way better than expected. The silver linings for the rest of the NFC North fans, he still completed like half-ish of his passes. You know, he didn't, he wasn't incredibly accurate with the ball. Um, It was without Christian Watson, who in theory should be their number one receiver. Yeah, getting Watson and Dobbs back, they're going to have a better offense but there's also trying to get Jordan Love on the same page with those guys because they obviously weren't practicing yeah that's that's for sure true he does have you know Aaron Jones who is obviously sensational running back their offensive line is pretty darn good their defensive line looks like it could be some type of decent again Rashawn Gary obviously coming back off of his injury but I don't know I think the the Packers may surprise some people I did have them third in my NFC North prediction behind the Lions and Vikings, but the Vikings looked pretty darn bad. Yeah, no, I can admit that. I I also have the Packers at third in the NFC North. Part of that is definitely a homer pick with the Vikings. It was not a good game for the Vikings. They they moved the ball. They moved the ball. Moved the ball, just couldn't cash in, and ultimately the hopeful fan in me looks at the ability to move the ball and they they did drive up and down the field they were making some plays and if you take away the turnovers vikings win that game by 20 you can't 
ignore the turnovers. They happened. They're real. It's a real problem. I also don't think that they're going to turn the ball over that many times every week. I don't think they're going to do that every week. I did have them somewhere between seven to nine wins, but one of those wins was going to be the Bucks in an absolute lock. So Yeah, no, it felt like a gimme, um, especially with the Bucks not even knowing who was going to be quarterback as of, what, three weeks ago? Right. I mean, they went into training camp genuinely not sure if Baker was going to start. Yeah, Baker's been on four teams in the last... 18 months so it's not like he's a superstar you know i and as someone who was a legitimate baker fan for a really long time and as far as like personality wise and everything too i still think that he's a dog like i love that guy oh yeah no i i want him in the league yeah and i think football is better for him being in it totally he's got swagger that just translates through the tv so well planting a flag in the O at Ohio State come on inject it into my veins I like it but like dude hasn't been successful in the NFL for two three seasons at least yeah I was more disappointed in what the Vikings did than I was impressed with the Buccaneers oh yeah another team that really underperformed the Cincinnati Bengals were presumed to be the biggest threat to the Chiefs coming into this season in the AFC yeah they were a ton of people's Super Bowl pick and they got absolutely shredded Yeah, not close. I mean, the Browns, Miles Garrett literally tossed them around. That's part of what I think will be optimistic for the Bengals moving forward. It was the Browns defense that showed up. No one else on either side of the balls did. You know, Deshaun Watson still looked bad. He wasn't making plays. No, he had like 150 yards and I think a touchdown and a pick. Yeah, you know, several times he threw the ball short of his receiver. You know, he was bouncing passes off the ground. We still haven't seen Deshaun Watson from pre-incident. Incident. Um, (laughs) Incidents. Well, let's call it what it is. Those women are people, and he ruined their lives. So for sure should not be in the league. Not even close. But, you know, he still, he just, he didn't look good. A lot of people are really high on him. I'm personally still rather down on him when he came back. Those last few games last year, he looked terrible. The Browns were better off with Jacoby Brissett for a majority of last season than they were Watson. I think the Browns are the worst team in the AFC North. Even with the win over the Bengals, I'm still banking on the Bengals will figure it out. And I don't think the Browns can do this all season. Okay, okay. Let's talk another team in the AFC North then. Let's let's visit the Steelers. Sure. So you think the Browns are going to finish lower than the Steelers? Yeah, I do at this point. Okay. I The Steelers obviously got whacked by the Niners. For me, it said a lot more about the Niners. I didn't know what Purdy would look like after a full offseason, obviously being injured and missing most of offseason activities, missing most of training camp as far as full participation and teams obviously having an opportunity to watch some film on Purdy. He came in and looked phenomenal. The Niners looked like they are a complete team. They dominated in almost every phase. They just looked sharp and ready and well coached and they executed everything they were trying to do. I was super impressed with the Niners. Yeah, I'll give a spoiler. I have the 49ers as my number one in my power rankings. I think they're the best team in the NFL, and I don't think it's particularly close. Nah, I I have the number one as well, and there's a gap. If they play like that, untouchable. Their defense is by far the best in the NFL. You know, Debo is obviously electric. Their number one wide receiver is going to be Ayuk. He fits more of what they want to do, you know, much, much better. For our fantasy listeners out there, it's like... 
do you want to take Debo, who's going to score less points now that he's not playing running back as much? Um, you want to take him in the fourth round, or you want to take Ayuk in the twelfth round, who's going to score more? Yeah, and that's probably going to be the case all season. You're right. That's the offense they're running. It's the way it's going to be. Um, but in real football, having Debo, having Christian McCaffrey, having Ayuk, having Kittle, who is a reliable pass catcher, but also just a mauler of a phenomenal blocker corn fed it's it's what those iowa boys do you need a new tight end take the next iowa one in the draft yep that's it easy solution no i i was impressed with the niners i think the steelers will figure it out tomlin's never had a losing season and i think that steelers defense is good i think tj watt is worth every penny i think the steelers can figure it out tj watt for sure he's always going to be a defensive player of the year candidate i think this may be a hot take and steelers fans are going to be upset about it um this very well may be the first losing season for tomlin in my brain all right what they get to last year nine wins like they yep. squeaked it out nah, they squeaked you know, it out it was literally one win in the last game of the season and i don't i don't necessarily think they got that much better this this year so um i don't think that's necessarily going to happen obviously it's most, much easier to start early than it is to start late if you stack up a bunch of losses early in the season that's gonna hurt you really hard down yeah down the stretch hard to dig out of a hole the people who are vikings fans are really gonna hate that i say this but um i'm gonna use last season in the nfc north as an example not throughout the course of the season throughout the course of the season the vikings were the best team in the nfc north week 18 the second that the last game ended the vikings were the third best team in the nfc north valid the Lions and Packers both beat them handily in the weeks leading up to the last game. Yep. Um, the Packers obviously won by, what, 20-something. The Lions and Vikings game, there were zero lead changes in that game. The Lions held the lead the entire time. The scoreboard didn't reflect it the way that the Packers did, but literally zero lead changes. And then they proved it again in the playoffs with their Giants showing. Um I think that the AFC North could be pretty similar to that this year. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think the Bengals, we trust that Burrow's going to do what he needs to do. And the other team, obviously, is the Ravens. I thought the Ravens looked really, really good this weekend. Losing J.K. Dobbins hurts a lot. Does it? How good was he last year? Well, he gets hurt a lot. I think the way the Ravens are built... They have a pretty deep running back. I mean, they brought in Melvin Gordon. They have Gus Edwards. They have Justice Hill. They're not completely depleted at the running back position. Dobbins is just an electric player that brings a bigger threat when he's in the backfield. But nobody on that team brings a bigger threat than Lamar Jackson. I do think he historically has been pretty good. But I think what was his first injury was the ACL injury. He never looked the same after it. You know, now it's an Achilles. Those are the two most difficult injuries to overcome in the NFL. Achilles has largely overtaken the ACL now. Like ACL injuries, some people come back in the same season. You know, my right. my brother in law just played a full season of high school hockey on a torn ACL. You know, so That's insane. I there's no way that you can come back from both. I don't. No, think. I I I sincerely wonder if this is a career ender for Dobbins, which is such a bummer with the potential he showed. But I think the Ravens can figure it out without him. I think they looked really good. And they didn't even have Mark Andrews out there. Yeah, they looked great. Granted, playing the Texans. Sure. So they they weren't playing the absolute cream of the crop. The Texans are not good. Nobody expects them to be. 
they have a rookie quarterback and they have a lot of average pieces. Yes, that was going to be my next point too, is the Ravens looked awesome. It was C.J. Stroud's first game ever. So, Well, I think the Ravens with uh, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen at their linebacker spots, I think they both had 10 tackles and a sack. Yeah, not shabby. They were flying all over the place. And it, it's fun to watch the Ravens defense when they're playing the way that we think of the Ravens defense as playing because they're just they're fast and they're all over the place. I will say we've talked about it being CJ Stroud's first game. We haven't talked about it being D'Amico Ryan's first game as a head coach. So that's part of it too. Yeah, because you're going up against John Harbaugh and Harbaugh's, I would say, top five coach by almost any measure. He's been pretty darn successful. He's been around. He's done it. He's seen it all. Credit to the Ravens for sure. Not against the stiffest competitions. We'll see how they move forward. But so far, so good in Baltimore. Yeah, we'll find out. Other big-time rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson, kicking things off for the Colts this season. And he looked exciting and like a rookie. There were moments where it was clearly a bigger stage than he's used to, and there were moments where every ounce of his talent and ability was there. Yeah, it was... It was certainly a game that it looked like they could have lost, though. The Jags looked like they could have lost it a couple yes, times. I'm sorry. that's I was referring to the Jags. It looked like a game that they could have lost. There was that fumble recovery that it's just like that was the most rookie moment I've ever seen from anybody. Like Tank Bigsby, he obviously forgot that he had to be touched because, you know, college ball, he didn't have to be. So Learning new rules takes time, and it is they have years and years of muscle memory that they have to undo. But I think if you're a Jags fan, Calvin Ridley looked back. Oh, amazing. Dude is ready. Trevor looked like he picked up where he left off. I mean, if you have Trevor Lawrence, who's probably ascending toward that top five quarterback in the NFL status, Ridley looked good. The Jags are probably a real threat if they can iron out some of those mistakes. Oh, yeah. they. You and I are on the same page. It's basically people like to historically say that winning a Super Bowl comes down to having a quarterback on a rookie contract and then having studs throughout the rest of your roster. I think that's absolute bull. Tom Brady won so many Super Bowls not doing that. Yep. Sure, he wasn't the highest paid quarterback in the NFL like a lot of these guys end up being. Right. Um, obviously, only one at a time, but every year there's a new highest paid player. Those teams consistently are in their championships or competing hard in the divisional round. I think having a quarterback on a rookie roster is a load of baloney. It's nice, but yeah, ultimately, a future Hall of Famer at quarterback is better than any rookie oh yeah because you look at the i mean you look at super bowls even the last 25 years outside of the ravens twice with trent delfer and joe flacco the eagles had nick Foles, and i think the bucks won it with johnson with brad johnson basically every other super bowl is tom brady peyton manning ben roethlisberger eli manning if you want to borderline hall of fame him and now patrick mahomes it's hall of famers and how many of them were on rookie rosters or rookie contracts, I'm sorry. A couple. Brady Brady got a ring on a rookie. Mahomes got a uh, ring on a rookie deal. But how many is Mahomes going to get not on a rookie deal? One already. How many did Brady get not on a rookie deal? Five? Four or five, yeah. You know, how many did Roethlisberger get not on a rookie deal? At least one of them. I don't think Eli's, any either of his were on a rookie deal. I don't think any of Peyton's were on a rookie deal. I think the rookie contract thing was 
vastly overblown because of one person and one person alone. And last year he had more bathrooms in his house than he had <laughs> touchdowns on the field. Oh, man. Um, this weekend, for those of you who don't know that we're talking about, Mr. Unlimited Russell Wilson. Broncos country. Let's ride. He looked a little bit better, but there were also times where, and I'm curious to see how it plays out with the Broncos, there were moments where the old Russell Wilson would have absolutely slung it in there. Oh, definitely. And he just held on to it. And so I don't know if he's not totally comfortable with Sean Payton's offense or if it's more he just doesn't have it anymore. I think he was noticeably weaker. Yeah. You know, we have we've seen some guys who they like Brady, we never saw him drop off a cliff. Um I think that he was smart enough to get out before that happened cuz last season, obviously his last season in the league, he looked down. Yep. Right? He they limped their way to winning the NFC South. Um, the year before that, he obviously looked pretty darn good still, but that was the same way with Peyton Manning. You know, when we saw Peyton retire two seasons before he, you know, went out on his uh, horse and into the sunset on the Super Bowl ring, he had the best season of all time. Yeah. And then two seasons later, he's completely inept. He has to ride the idea of a top five, ten defense of all time. You know, he he got zero credit for that, and it was. You know, Tom would have been, had he stayed another season, pretty much the same thing. And it looks like now, okay, Russ. Uh. It's an interesting conversation with Russ because he's obviously a lot younger than Peyton and Brady. He played a much more physical style of quarterback. And so as, as you look, kind of trying to project ahead, do you draft quarterbacks or pay big money to quarterbacks that – are more physical that run more and rely on that more maybe (laughs) it's it's going to be a total preference thing for different coaches and you know if you want to put all your eggs into that basket then go for it but you know we'll find out i guess we'll see where history takes us i don't think russ is completely cooked i think the raiders are decent i don't expect a ton out of either team this season I don't expect a ton out of either of them. Um, I do have the Raiders, ironically, because they're the only AFC West team that won this weekend. They're currently in first place alone at 1-0. I do have them finishing last, though. Fascinating. I think over the season, the Broncos can figure it out better. I think the Raiders probably don't have much more than what they gave this weekend. Yeah, at the end of the day, Jimmy G is... Average to below average. Devontae Adams is awesome. Josh Jacobs was awesome last season. Let's see if he can do it again. Outside of that, what do they have? (laughs) All right, Titans Saints in a kind of underwhelming showing. A little bit, but um, at the end of the day, Derek Carr pretty much proved the Raiders wrong. Like, yeah, they won. They both won their games. You know, the Raiders won their game, and Derek and the Saints won their game. But Derek Carr is so much better than Jimmy G. Absolutely. And I I think Derek Carr is, well, obviously Drew Brees is where the Saints kind of have set their standard. But I think Carr is the next best thing. I think he's better than anybody they've tried to throw in there since Brees retired. Yeah, he's obviously better than Jameis. He's obviously better than Taysom Hill. You know, it's like, it's he's better than Andy Dalton, clearly. It's just they're the favorites to win the NFC South for a reason. The Buccaneers don't have much going for them. The Panthers, they could sneak up later on. Right, but very much a rebuild there. Right. So the Falcons, you know, 
Some people are high on him. Bijan did look awesome. Yeah, they have some great talent, but is Ritter a genuine franchise quarterback, or is he a gimmick guy? Yeah, I mean, and I think Marcus Mariota is not on the roster. No, I think he moved on. Yeah, I think he may be not in the league right now. So, I think he's in Philly. Oh, I. You know what? That I think actually he's backing could be. up Jalen, or maybe third string. I have no idea. It doesn't matter if you're Philly because Jalen Hurts is the absolute centerpiece of that team. He's a dog. If he goes down, the Eagles are in trouble. If he plays, the Eagles are a top five team. They didn't always look like it this weekend, but they were playing Bill Belichick and. He was pretty pissed off, it looked like. And it was Brady's return to Foxborough, and the emotion was huge in favor of the Patriots. They were playing in the rain, which is just so classic Patriot way. Right. But the Eagles got the win. So, And they did it with some good defensive play by your boy. Slay looked amazing. He's the best corner in the NFL, straight up. I was rooting for him. I mean, I'm not an Eagles fan by any stretch, but there are just some guys you can't root against, and... Slay is definitely one of them. Yeah, he just, he's been criminally underrated for a long time. I think he only has one All-Pro. He easily should have four. <laughs> you know, he's led the league in interceptions a couple of times, I believe, at least one off the top of my head. He was the best player on, you know, debatably the best defense in the NFL last season. He could end up with 10 to 15 interceptions in a year one of these times. Um He's one of the fastest players in the entire NFL. He just criminally underrated from big play slay. Agreed. I think a lot of that was because he played in Detroit, and Detroit got absolutely no national love for a long, long time. Anyway, the uh, Arizona Cardinals and Washington Commanders, if you sat through that game, you love football. Um, super tough. I picked the Commanders in my Pickums League with my in-laws. Really thought I was going to lose week one. That would have sucked. At the beginning of the game, I mean, I was kind of laughing. I'm like, the Cardinals are going to mess around and get a win in a season where they are so clearly tanking that a win would be a bad thing for the Cardinals. Oh, for sure. And they obviously allowed that trade up last season with the Texans because they thought that they were going to also be bad and that they wanted two very early first round picks i think it's a at this point it's a lukewarm take that kyler murray's essentially done with arizona and they're gonna be drafting probably caleb williams come next spring you'd think so and if they compare caleb williams and uh marvin harrison jr together suddenly it's a fun fantasy stack it still doesn't fix the fact that their uh roster is not good yeah, and we'll see how, how Gannon does. Yeah, I don't have high hopes. The Commanders looked fine. It just just fine. But there was so much hope in the last like month. Everyone talking about, oh, Sam Howell, he's been incredible. Oh my gosh, he's he's tearing things up. He just wasn't. He just wasn't. <laughs> At the end of the day, you know, I don't think this is an end all be all by any means. Like Tom Brady and quite possibly Brock Purdy both exist. Sam Howell was a fifth-round pick for a reason. And, I mean, you've mentioned off the podcast, Brock Purdy was tracking to be a first-round quarterback, but then came back for a senior season in college. Had he gone out after his junior year, he was probably looking at the back of the first round. Yeah, definitely. He was totally he was a fringe Heisman candidate his junior year and not that a Heisman candidate automatically makes you a great NFL player we obviously know from many situations that it's not the case you know Johnny Manziel Tim Tebow you know to name a couple but it's like he was a Heisman contender 
He was someone who was a top of the second, late first round, you know, projection. Goes back to Iowa State his senior year. They underwhelm by a significant amount. And then all of a sudden he's Mr. Irrelevant. Like we knew that it was going to be a bad draft. People wanted to take everyone far later than they thought. But his fall from grace was no Justin Herbert fall. It was much, much worse. Now, Purdy was a an oversight by most teams. Obviously, some teams had no need to bring in a quarterback whatsoever. But the majority of the league passed on him over and over and over. And the Niners kind of took him on a flyer and it's working out really well. And honestly, I'm not comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. Well, I am, sure. but taken with a grain of salt, um, his play style, virtually the same. Yeah. It's a very similar way to play. They are. And it's even a lot like what Russell Wilson did when he was young too, of people got this idea in their brain that Russell Wilson scrambled all the time. He never really, like he did occasionally, but really it was just a lot of movement behind the line of scrimmage and that's what Mahomes does the most of that's what Purdy does the most of you know they're not like Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts will they'll run down the field all the time they move and are extremely mobile but it's behind the line a lot and Purdy is pretty much the same way he's nowhere near as good don't get me wrong but he can do a lot of really athletic things with a football now he's he's a very good athlete and I think most of a quarterback success in the NFL has to do with the team, the coach, the GM, the roster around him. Are you going to put that guy in a position to succeed? Shanahan and the 49ers front office will put everything in place to help Brock Purdy succeed. Yeah, especially if it's trading multiple first-round picks for the biggest bust of the uh, decade. And then having the wisdom to cut their losses and move on. Jerry Jones, however, is a big fan of sloppy seconds. Can I say that? Yeah. Uh, you just lived there. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, coming to you from Dallas, Texas. Uh, the the Cowboys are no joke. The Cowboys looked good. But the thing is, though. So, I mean, the Cowboys look good all over the field. They look great. The defense was so much better than I expected. Micah Parsons is probably the second best player in the NFL behind Patrick Mahomes. Absolutely freakish he's, what he can do. He's insane. He's so good. He immediately changed their defense. And when they wisened up enough to say, you know, we're not going to have him play linebacker and he's just going to rush the passer full time. It was like, oh, they figured out that they really had something special. Yep. No, defensive player of the year candidate. Probably every season he's healthy because he's such a disruptive force. And if the Cowboys defense plays like that, I mean, obviously they shut out the Giants and scored some points on defense if they can do that all season Dak and that offense are they're gonna have some off games we we know that in the last two seasons he's played in I want to say 25 games and had 30 turnovers so we know he's gonna screw up Yep. so the Cowboys offense will probably never be solid enough to bet super confidently but if their defense plays like they did this weekend they're a force to be reckoned with, and the NFC is not super deep. No, definitely not. I do. I have them as the third best team in the NFC, um, behind the Niners and the Eagles, which does mean though that one of the Niners or Eagles gonna get screwed over when it comes to seeding at the end of the season. Absolutely, yeah. It's such a bummer for Cowboys and Eagles fans, which I mean they already don't like each other, but being in the same division is rough right. when they're both a genuine top three nfc team Mm -hmm. and the giants are the giants are not the giants 
They were uh, frauds last year. Ugh. Everyone knew it. They lucked into a playoff win against another fraudulent team. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> if you make it into the playoffs, you have a shot. Right. No it, matter yeah. what, you have a chance. Yep. You made it. You're in the dance. You're dancing. You, you can know, make things there's happen. There's a chance. You know, the Ravens did it with Joe Flacco. Yeah, made a run. An injured Ray yeah. Lewis and Joe Flacco, and he was elite for what a for stretch, stretch yeah stretch of seven eight games and hey that lombardi lives forever yeah and you know what they've got a ring for it but the uh the giants are they're not great no they they overpaid for daniel jones they underpaid saquon oh for sure or it's not a recipe for success especially when they have to play the cowboys and the eagles twice definitely a hundred percent they maybe shouldn't have given Saquon everything he asked for, but they certainly could have kept him around for, you know, two years for $13 million a year, you right. know, and he probably would be a bit happier. Daniel Jones, they could have franchise tagged and he would have made too much money, but at least then maybe they would have come to their senses and realized that similar to Justin Fields, um, he also doesn't know how to throw a football, and that's pretty important for the position he plays. Typically. He's still a turnover machine. You know, last year he cleaned up his turnovers, but... We'll see. It was, it was one season, yep. and he didn't. He looked terrible against the Cowboys. So some of that is Micah Parsons screaming down the middle. It's uh, true. Not every but, team has Micah Parsons, <laughs> and not every team has Aaron Donald. But I'm sure you saw the highlights from the Rams Seahawks. It was so funny. Geno Smith dropping back to pass, and Aaron Donald. Oh my gosh! <laughs> untouched. Oh man, the Seahawks. Another team that mm, lucked their way into the playoffs last year in the NFC, which when the NFC is as bad as it is, yep. a lot of teams can do. Totally. So, yeah. Is it is it too wrong of me to say that I think that the Seahawks finished third or fourth, I mean? Really? Well, let's, I'll, I'll break it down a little bit. Last year, the Rams had the worst Super Bowl hangover of all time. Statistical fact. It was absolutely abysmal. There has never been a team in NFL history to win a Super Bowl that then proceeded to lose that many games the following season. Part of that is due to an elongated season. We sure. consistently are going to play more and more. Yep. But they had the worst Super Bowl hangover of all time. They also lost Offensive Player of the Year, Cooper Cup. Big loss. They also lost Odell Beckham, who didn't resign with them. Okay. Every team has players that don't resign with them, so we'll write off Odell Beckham. They also lost perennial All-Pro Aaron Donald, who's consistently in the conversation for the best player in the NFL. Mm -hmm. He's not going to be anymore now that Patrick Mahomes is around, but he's going to be a top three, four, five player in the NFL totally. every single season. He's the best defensive tackle of all time. He's easily going to be a first ballot Hall of Fame. He didn't play all season. Right. Cooper Cup didn't play all season. Their starting quarterback, the most important position in all mm -hmm. of sports, didn't play for a massive amount of the season. Yep. I mean, I'll go ahead and jump on the Matt Stafford hype train a little bit. Obviously, you've always been a Matthew Stafford fan. For sure. And I, I'm with you. I think he has gotten a terrible rap from his time in Detroit. People forget he was the number one high school quarterback in the nation. He was the number one recruit going into college he was the number one pick coming out of college he balled out in college and if he had been anywhere other than Detroit he would have gotten the attention for the first 10 years of his career 
that he deserved because he was so tough and has an absolute cannon. And my thing is, even outside of the disrespect that he's gotten for most of his career, let's talk about just the most recent things that we've seen him do. Win a Super Bowl, lead the league in touchdowns. Yep. (laughs) You know, sure, he threw a lot of interceptions. He did do that. That's his style. Always has been. But they won the Super Bowl. Yep. They had the best offense in the NFL. Better than the Chiefs. Better than the Bills. Better than the Bengals. They were destroying people. And then all of a sudden, everyone's super down on them because their quarterback didn't win the many games. Sorry, not everyone's the 49ers where your third string quarterback ends up being the best player on the roster. That's an exaggeration, but you know what I mean. Yep. No, I I think the Rams last season was almost a throwaway as far as projecting this season. We definitely had a ton of people saying this season that the Rams are not going to be good. It's a it's a rebuild year. They're just not very good. They looked pretty good this weekend. And Cooper Cup still didn't play. And without Cooper Cup, they still looked pretty good. Stafford looks like Stafford. Donald looked like Donald. And McVay's not an idiot. Um, and there was a lot of talk about no people. People forget that he was NFL Wonder Boy like three years ago. Yeah, youngest coach to ever coach a Super Bowl. I will. I'll admit I had the Rams pretty low, and I I still think they're gonna have a hard season because they just are missing so many of those talented pieces. But they are much better than I anticipated. No disrespect to the Seahawks, because I I think the Seahawks were basically what I expected this weekend. That's what I thought they would be. Uh, the Rams were better. I hate to to disrespect the Seahawks, but I'm just like, man, I think it was more about the Rams than it was about the Seahawks. I don't think it was that the Seahawks were poor. I think it was that people are way too down on the Rams for what we would chalk up to other teams as a fluke. But for some reason, we didn't chalk it up to the Rams that way. Right. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. And speaking of the LA teams uh, jumping over to the other side of town, Chargers and the Dolphins in a shootout this weekend. Yeah, hey, uh, congrats to Justin Herbert on being pretty much the only elite-considered quarterback to do what elite-considered quarterbacks are supposed to do. Yeah, if, you, I mean, if you're into fantasy football, it was a rough weekend for the uh, supposed top tier of quarterbacks. Uh, but Tua, Tua Tonga-Vailoa, to a showdown. He's supposed to be like your tier two quarterback, and he put together a very impressive weekend. Part of that was because he got to throw the ball to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek looked like he was mad that he had been challenged for the best receiver in the league title, um, and he wanted it back. And for now, he has it. <laughs> I mean, with the performance that Tyreek had, he had 11 receptions, 215 yards, two TDs. That's genuine MVP consideration stat lines for a wide receiver. If he puts together a couple of those games, we're going to be talking about Tyreek Hill as a genuine MVP candidate up against some of these quarterbacks. So apparently it came out this morning and I don't know if it's true or not, but McDaniels said that he would leave the team facility at whatever time the equivalent of how many yards he had. So Tyreek has two, 215 yards. McDaniels will stay at the facility until 2.15 a.m. I believe it. McDaniels is a, he is a player's coach. That's just so funny to me. I'm like, 
dude. Oh my gosh. Go see your family. <laughs> so Tyreek is going to try to get him to pull an all-nighter. Exactly. If he, if he can hit five, He's like, 500 what if yards. I hit 500 yards. Yeah, I'll see you at breakfast. Good for him. I didn't expect the Dolphins to perform as well as they did. I was encouraged as a Chargers fan. I'd, I'd be okay with the weekend. Because it's not like the Chargers were terrible. The Dolphins were just better. You had to take the Dolphins all offseason at all or nothing. Yep. You know, is Tua going to be alive? And if he is, then is he going to play the way that he did it for the first six weeks of the 2022 season? The yeah. Dolphins were the best team in the NFL through like week nine last year. Yeah, and I think people forget because obviously Tua with the concussions last season wasn't able to finish the way that they started. But yeah, they started last season a lot like they started this season just blowing the doors off oh yeah they were legitimately the number one team in football like yeah and they're fast all over the field oh a hundred percent and they smacked people around and they didn't smack around the chargers it was definitely a game but they you know we talked about cheetah already yep tyreek being in the mvp conversation Tua was not only in the conversation last year, but he was the front runner. That's a good point. So let's let's see if he, you know, he does something like this every single week. Yeah, you know, that means that Tyreek's going off all the time. But what about the weeks that it's not Tyreek and it's Jalen? Yeah. You know, what about when we're seeing people do the waddle on the field? Let's see if Tua ends up with his first MVP. He tries to beat out Joe Burrow. Definitely has the potential to do it this season and the Dolphins are going to be a pretty scary team especially when the Dolphins are playing in the AFC East Patriots we talked about a little bit not totally sure what we're going to get and then the Monday night game Jets and Bills there's a ton to unpack in that one are the Bills washed it's hard to know I mean Josh Allen did not look good so I think he ended the game with three interceptions I want to say and a lost fumble um and a lost fumble. That's one more than Kirk had, I think. I think Kirk had two and one. So um, it, was, it was a bad did, showing. It was a bad showing for Josh Allen. So Josh Allen looked like, you know, whatever years those were when he was absolute trash his first two, three seasons. But it was actually a worse showing for the Jets quarterback because uh, Aaron Rodgers played a grand total of four snaps, I believe. Yeah, not great. Bad news for Packers fans. Good news for Jets fans. They, in that case, will only lose a second-round pick, not a first-round pick. So congratulations, potentially, Jets fans, on your brand-new quarterback costing you only a second-round pick instead while you reap none of the benefits of having him. Absolutely none of the benefits. And obviously, it's there's talk of a broken ankle, talk of a ruptured Achilles or a torn Achilles. Either way, Rodgers is likely done for the season. If it's a ruptured Achilles... That's it. But the Jets pulled out a win, which is really, uh, that says a little bit about the grit of the Jets, because I think the Jets came into this season feeling pretty good about themselves. But I think it says more about the ineptitude of the Buffalo Bills. Oh, I think it says way more about the Bills. Um, The one thing I will say for the Jets, though, not that we haven't already talked about (laughs) him for the last two, three minutes, but um, Brees Hall has not lost a step. That guy is going to easily be an elite running back still. Yeah. You know, through seven weeks last year. Yeah, Garrett Wilson won Offensive Rookie of the Year. Sauce Gardner, Defensive Rookie of the Year. They had an awesome rookie class. Totally. Brees Hall was running away figuratively and literally with the offensive rookie of the year before he hurt himself. Yeah. And if he can stay healthy, you're absolutely right. He looked 
every bit as explosive coming back tonight. His first run of the night was 26 yards. And I think he busted off one for 82, 83. Yeah. He looked good. Looked awesome. The Jets pulled out the win with the walk-off in overtime. Punt return touchdown. Yeah, the energy there is incredible. We'll see how they recover because obviously it's deflating to lose your starting quarterback for the entire season when you had such high hopes. It says a lot that they were still able to beat a team that is generally highly regarded, even though people have continued to be down on them the last through the last like half of the season last year. Yeah. Obviously, they entered last season as heavy Super Bowl favorites. But then about halfway through the year when things started to look a little bit rough and the Chiefs and the Bengals looked like they were still the cream of the crop in the AFC. Either way, the Bills are still highly regarded. Even if they're not seen as a top two team in the AFC, you still just beat a team who is for sure top five in the AFC and you beat him with Zach Wilson, not Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. So if Zach Wilson learned a little bit from Rodgers in training camp, maybe he can keep things going. Obviously, he was a very high draft pick at one point. He was the number two pick for a reason. Um, that reason might have been throws that he made in gym shorts and in indoors facility. but Still throws that I could never make. Oh, for sure. I might give him a run for his money and how I rock a headband sometimes, though. <laughs> it was a kind of a wild weekend to kick off the NFL season. I just can't believe so many of our elite alleged quarterbacks and teams blundered so hard. It was a lot of surprising letdowns. At this point... I'm sticking with the safe money that elite quarterbacks will figure it out. It's a long season. Me too. I am way more confident that Joe Burrow figures things out than I am that Deshaun Watson and the Browns keep that magic alive. I agree. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Just to uh, throw it out there into the, into the ether. um, I still have the chiefs over the Niners for the Super Bowl. Uh, that's my prediction as well. I think when it comes down to it, it's the best team in the AFC, best team in the NFC. And when it's all on the line, Mahomes is the best player on the field. Yep, I'm totally with that. All right, before we wrap it up, power rankings, top five teams after week one. We both said Niners number one. Who you got? Two, three, four, five. I've got Niners, Eagles, Dolphins, Chiefs. Cowboys. I have the exact same five, and no, we did not talk about it ahead of time. Do you really have that order? That is my order for the top five. (laughs) Awesome. I think Niners are clearly the most complete team. Eagles still look good. Dolphins were explosive. I'm not going to write off Mahomes, and the Cowboys looked incredible. Yeah, the one that I think might have some uh, change here in the next week or two is the Eagles falter and uh, the dolphins continue to look the way that they do then yeah could shake things up eagles are going to drop dolphins could move up dolphins could be number one in the next two three four weeks so if they play like that they certainly could and bottom of the barrel must do bottom three Uh, i've got texans bears cardinals at the very bottom i've got titans bears cardinals all right so chicago and arizona uh it's going to be a long year. Sorry, Chicago. Your hype was pretty unprecedented. Should have known when you thought of it. But hey, if you play fantasy football, Justin Fields is a great fantasy quarterback. Absolutely. Just not real football. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for the AD's office. Week one of the NFL season in the books. Thanks for joining us in the AD's office. Tune in next week as we take you through our takes on the NFL.